a lot of good guys took me under their wings. So I always feel like I got to repay the favor. So I always try to be there for my younger than St. Mary's. And, you know, my rooks know who they are. You know, they know I got a lot of love for them. I'm always there for them. It's Lorenzo Brand. I have the widest year for the St. Mary's Huskies, number 14. And you're listening to At The 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Today we're bringing you another edition of The Talk, and joining us we're going out of province to bring you Lorenzo Brandon Ihanza from the St. Mary's uh, Huskies. Uh, how you doing, Lorenzo? I'm doing good, I'm doing good, doing well, just stuck in quarantine, so <laughs> no, just trying to make the days go by. 100%. Um, so you're obviously out east, and we'll kind of get into your football journey and as it relates with sort of your experience, mental health, and that conversation around the sport of football, which we've been having with so many student athletes. Um, just for your currently, uh, your current situation, are you back in Brampton now or are you still out east? Uh, I just got back out east. I went on vacation, but uh, we got our off season program going right now, and it's been going good. So I didn't want to miss too much more time. So. I'm back here just getting ready to get back with the team, jump into lifts and jump into our conditioning. Well, then just before we kind of get into this conversation, because I'm sure a number of athletes in Ontario, because things have been you know, very strictly locked down here, are probably curious to kind of know what sort of things do you at St. Mary's have on the rise in the next little while coming up? Yeah, uh, well, we're, we're still right now, like Nova Scotia has done a great job of uh, containing the virus. Like, I think we only got like, 20 active cases right now some little number like that probably even less since i was gone for two weeks i don't even know but they've been doing a good job so uh, we get still to we still get to do everything like we're still working out uh we're gonna get into our mat drills which is like our oxygen conditioning that we like to do and we're still on pace to have a spring practice in the spring camp but honestly we're doing like the social distancing stuff like we got to wear masks when we're not in the weight room or on the field and we still try our best to do our social distancing. Uh, we, I haven't really got a lot of chance to see like the defensive side of the ball this year because it's offense, working on offense, and we, we're doing the small groups. But with uh, the numbers keep going down, like I think it would be good for spring camp. And we were practicing before in the fall, and then we had to shut down for a little bit because the numbers went up. But so far, uh, the guys have been working out for like a month straight now, so... That's, that's exciting times, right? Yeah, no, I mean, that's awesome to hear. I'm sure a number of people watching and listening to this are, are just jealous as all heck, <laughs> uh, knowing that you've been able to have something close to to football. So, you know, getting into this conversation, you're in your your, your last year at St. Mary's. Why don't you just quickly yeah. take us on the journey that took you from Brampton to your senior year now oh, at St. Man. Mary's? It's, it's been quite a journey for me uh, since I left high school. Uh, I originally committed to Manitoba number of years back. I played as a true freshman. I played uh, every game that I was able to. Uh, I had an injury, a concussion, which uh, knocked me out a couple of games. But for the most part, I played. Uh, I wouldn't say it wasn't the right fit. I just don't think I was I was young when I left for Manitoba. So a uh, number of things didn't play out for me. So I ended up going to junior out the next year at West Shore. Uh, this, people don't know junior football. West Shore wasn't a household name before uh, me and a couple guys got there in 2016. Like Jamel Lyles, uh, Trey Campbell, Ken Hicks, Christian Krause, a bunch of CIS guys. We uh, won the BCs, lost the Nationals. And then um, Coach Cozy, um, Coach Cozy just got the job at SMU the year I went to West Shore. And he always was like, 
I had a good relationship with him because, you know, we played against each other in the West three times. And then, you know, he just started talking to me when I left Manitoba, and I just always got a good vibe from him. So I ended up going to SMU 2017. Um, we turned things around over there, lost a, a Lonely Bowl, tragic Lonely Bowl, double overtime. Um, I got into some academic issues, which made me have to sit out the 2018 season. But I've been back at SMU since uh, 19, and this is my last year, like my fifth and final year. So hopefully just trying to go out with a bang, you know, win a bad year, do all that good stuff. Well, I mean, for, for a kid from Brampton, you've certainly traveled a sure a travel, heck of a lot yeah. just to get to your fifth year. So kind of tying that in with this conversation, because we've spoken with a few players that have had to move a little bit to get to where they ended up football-wise. Were you always planning to go outside the province or just in your journey going from, you know, to the prairies all the way out east from uh starting from brampton how's that kind of affected you like did you ever feel like homesick or how have you dealt with that? oh for sure i like i've always i always get a little homesick like you know like when i'm like locked in i'm locked in i like to stay in one place for a little bit but i always get homesick but i've i've been away from home since i was like 16 because i went prep i went the prep route before i went to college so like that kind of helped me a little bit but honestly with every new year and always having to be on a new place, like it's always tough because no matter how big a name you have coming in, you're always going to be the new guy and the new team. And it's a new province. Like, like for instance, going to Manitoba my freshman year, like that was just a whole culture shock for me. Like this is my first time really out in the prairies other than my visits. So like visits don't really like, you know, one thing like these young athletes don't get like visits don't prepare you for nothing. Because when you're on the visits, they always tend to show you the best of the best and make sure, like, that two days is the best thing possible. But one thing you forget is, like, it's not only two days you're out there for. You're out there for years, you know, four or five years, depending on what you want to do. So it's, like, it was a big culture shock when I got to Manitoba. And that was, like, the first sign, really, like, I knew, like, mental health was serious. Because, like, obviously, when you're in high school, like, if you're a high school football player and you're good, like life is probably pretty good for you in high school. Like, you know, you get all the girls, you have all the fun. So going out to Manitoba now, it's like it was a whole new environment, whole new culture. And then on top of that, like I'm back at the bar of the top totem pole, like, you know what I mean? So it's like factoring in football, school, and they try to fit it into a new place. It's tough, especially when you're a 17, 18 years old kid. Like I was, I was 18 years old, like, fresh out of high school, like, it was tough on my mental. Like, it was a lot to handle. And, like, you know, like, high school really doesn't prepare you for that next level, like, as much as they think they do. So it's, like, that was, like, my first time they really, like, you know, I was down for a little bit. Like, especially, like, I always feel like, you know, I'm the best at what I do. And, you know, like, I would get into games. I would start games. I would play. i make plays. i get taken out, though, because I'm the freshman. And then that would hurt my head, like, you know. Then on top of that, it's like I'm going from high school, everything is structured and scheduled to uni where it's like you're on your own and I'm trying to balance a full course or a school. And then on top of that, like I'm trying to learn this big old playbook where I'm from, like, you know, if you know the Bradford football route, we're going 29 <laughs> mirrors all game Shout long. Shout out to the Bulldogs. We throw, it up. <laughs> we throw it up to our best athletes. So now i got to learn all these plays and it's just like, it's really a lie, and and nothing really could prepare you but the moment. And I don't know. I I feel I I don't think I was ready out of high school. Well, for sure, I wasn't ready. Let, let's talk about that preparation, and and we're never gonna have all the answers. I mean, 
we're, we're at the end of the day, we're just some some dudes talking on a podcast here, so we're not going to have all the answers. But if you could go yeah. back and change something about your first year, or even go back and tell yourself maybe some advice about how to kind of deal with the mental side of the game, or even just like preparing and organizing your life, like what what would that be? First thing first, if I can go back, I tell myself like, don't be so. I want to say like I'm not a shy guy, but I'm like a. I'll keep to myself because, like, I, I don't trust a lot. Like, I don't trust easily. I would say trust my teammates would have been the first big thing. Coming in as a freshman, like, guys have done it. Like, there's the fifth-year guys, the second-year guys even. There's just guys that have already done this process. And I feel like I should have tried to connect more with the older guys and ask them how they did things and they try to go do things myself, right? So that that was a big thing. And then the second thing would be uh, I tell myself to organize my time better. And everyone, like, that's such a general thing. Coaches always tell you that. But it's, like, even outside of the whole football and school aspect, like, even leaving time for myself to recover. And I'm not talking physically recover. I'm talking, like, mentally recover and, like, emotionally recover. It's giving myself, like, a day or, like, a couple hours a day or even a couple minutes where it's just, like, I can really just relax and get my mind back. Like, there's little things like that would have helped me with the process. Big thing, though, would have been, like, checking in with the teammates and getting, like, a mentor or something. Like, just get, having someone that can help me instead of feeling like I have to do it by myself. Well, I, I love the idea of a mentor. It's been brought up a lot, and I want to circle back to that. But just on, on something you just mentioned, you know, giving yourself a little bit of time, just, like, self-care. I, I can't go over the point of where you just were, what you were just doing, kind of. I feel like, unless I'm wrong, <laughs> that was that was pretty much a self-care, you know, excursion, yeah, was... was it not? I, yeah, and I don't. I don't want to go into the, the the glory details of your your vacation, but what was that like? Just kind of. I mean, I'm sure that you were a lot like us, where you're just kind of trapped in a box, whether that's an apartment or a house or a, a you know wherever you are. How was it to kind of get out and be able to not just be to trapped in things. Canada? Yeah. For those who who those who don't know, he was out in Dubai for what was it? Two weeks. Yeah, like uh, ten days. But um, it was definitely good. It was definitely a life-changing experience for me, like, just getting to get out and see a whole different part of the world. And, like, like if you've never been to Dubai, I definitely recommend it. But, like, the way they live over there is, is different. It just makes you want to, like, do better in life. Like, you want that to be an everyday life. But uh, I definitely needed it. It was definitely um, uh, a self-trip, like, you know, like, a, definitely, like, a personal, like, get my mind right. Uh, type of trip like uh, not many people know but I went through like a traumatic experience during the Christmas break that kind of shook me up and I just uh, I really needed to uh, get away and uh, the opportunity was offered to me to go down there and I took it and like I said it was, it was, it was a life-changing experience just to first off like you know like to be outside with a lot of people and be able to like interact with people and not like the crazy lockdown rules like they're in Canada like they're like pretty on, like they're pretty on their things over there in Dubai. Like even to get in, you have to take like a COVID test before you get in and then COVID test when you land and a lot of measures they take. But uh, it was just great to just be outside and just be in the heat and just, you know, just taking a new new side of life, I guess, like a whole, like I've never been that far in the world. So it was a crazy experience for me. Yeah, from the little I know about Dubai, it just sounds like luxuries galore. Just like <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Like 
like everyday cars over there are not everyday cars over here. <laughs> aren't the aren't the taxis so. like Lamborghinis or something crazy? Yeah, like there's like they they have the regular taxis that we have, but then for like ten bucks extra you can get a luxurious car. And it's like why not? Like it's really not costing me that much too crazy. Yeah, and how many times are you gonna wind up in Dubai? You might as well take advantage. <laughs> but you know, so that, that's it's great to hear that you were able to to be able to sort of break away and deal with what you had going on over the Christmas break. But in terms of just your experience playing college ball, what type of coping mechanisms have you turned to, whether it was when you went out to Manitoba and trying to get your get your sort of grounding there and, and figure, your, figure your environment out, or when you went out east, um, what, what type of mechanisms did you turn to or so, people? Yeah. When I was in Manitoba, I never had any coping mechanism, which is why like, I feel like I wasn't so successful, like, when I was over there, but um, out east and out west, uh, like I before I went out west, I was not an outdoor guy whatsoever. Like I hated the outdoors. Like the only time I wanted to be outdoors if I had a football game, or if there was like a block party. But to actually go hiking and stuff like that, no. But I had the opportunity to play in Victoria, BC, which is a very beautiful place, and uh, I started going on hikes with some of the guys and just exploring. And then fortunately for me, Halifax is a very beautiful place as well. There's a lot of water scenery and just nice little beautiful things. So what I like to do is like, if I start feeling like I'm getting to a mindset where it's not good for me or like I'm getting to a rough spot, like I like to go by the water. I'll go by, take my car by the water, just play my music, sit back, relax, and just like really like take the time to think. And like, I feel like I like, I, I like to be alone in my thoughts sometimes, but I like to be alone in my thoughts and beautiful scenery. Like, you know, it just remind me like how beautiful the world is. Like there's so much more to life than what I'm going through. So I like to get out to beautiful scenery and just sit there and just relax, like play relaxing music and just get my thoughts going and think like if I'm in a situation, I'll try to think of a solution. Like if I have to make a, make a decision like i'll go somewhere and think and come up with a decision there so my coping mechanism has been the outdoors lately like you know like i just like to go outdoors find somewhere beautiful and just relax if i need like if i need to talk to someone i have a best friend like one of my former teammates out here like you know like yeah he's always there for me so if i need someone to talk to i go to him and then other than that like if i'm by myself i just go by the water and just think no, I mean, that, that's awesome, man. I mean, nature just has that power of just giving yeah. us that perspective. I, I remember once, one time I ever got to go out to California and I was in like the forest with all the giant redwood sequoia trees and you'll look up and like you don't even come close to seeing the tops and it really makes you think about anything going on in your life when you, when you see stuff like that. But exactly, if, if I can just go back to something you kind of mentioned in talking about when you wound up in Manitoba in the first place. Um, and just in terms of the recruiting process, because you're obviously a player who's, who's been wanted by a number of programs and you've moved around a few programs. And, and this isn't to take a shot at any program, but maybe just the culture of recruiting in general. And I, I completely recognize that it's so competitive that teams have to get an edge up. But, you know, one of the things that a player from Mac mentioned when we were doing some interviews last year was that, that McMaster is big on preaching about a, making a 40 year decision as opposed to just a four year decision and really you know, 
identifying with the player. Is this a place that's not just going to be somewhere that you can party, play ball, you know, grab your degree four or five years and then you're out of here, but a place that's actually setting you up for success for the rest of your life because our lives are much longer than our football lives uh, or at least they should be. In your experience kind of getting recruited and, and, and being the, uh, you know, that wanted player do you find that a lot of recruiters and coaches are sort of talking about that or is it really just about hey we can put you in in this position we got these players here and just that that sort of more honestly with that question it's like every coach does like you know like like I don't want to I don't want to say something now and all these coaches start hitting me but uh, every coach is gonna tell you the same old spiel like uh get your degree Set you up nice for life. If you're going to play ball and be good at ball, take players ball for as long as you want, but get your degree, have a, get your degree, play good football, set yourself up for the future. Everybody gives the same spiel. And what I realize now with like, you know, I don't know if I'm fortunate or unfortunate that I've been bouncing around programs. It's, it's the coaches that really mean that what they say. Like, um, this is my second stint at St. Mary's. You know what I mean? Like I said, I got, I got in trouble 2018 academics, like stuff went wrong with uh, transcript issues. A lot of just, a lot of off the field issues regarding school that made me miss a year. But with that year I sat out, I could have easily transferred. No one knew the situation. I sat on my 365 and I just, I just competed at the CFL combine. So like I was a wanted man coming out of 2019. Like again, like, you know what I mean? I could have went to, couple of different schools are recruiting me, but my loyalties were uh, cozy. And and the reason why my loyalties are cozy is like, cozy doesn't just preach the whole, he really means it. Like, like he really is like, there's been a lot of times where I've been called into cozy's office. Like I'm not messing up football wise. I'm barely even messing up school wise, but I'm messing up a little and he's gonna hold me accountable. And there's a lot of times where we've been in the office, he talked to me about my life plan, my future. like. He's on me about graduation. Like, if I show you my text messages, the last 10 text messages have been, how much classes are you now to graduate? How much classes now to graduate? What classes do you need to graduate? Like, he, like, he really, really wants to see his players do well off the field before on the field. You know what I mean? Like, there's been, there's been big games where big-time players have not played because they messed up off the field. And that's one thing like I, I like about Coach Cozy. Like, he's really about accountability, but he's really also about your future. And the staff at St. Mary's that he's been building, it's all about, like, your future. Like, Coach Dubs, Coach Alex, Coach Tommy. Like, it's always school first with these guys. Like, whereas some of the other programs I've been, it's always been football first, football first, win games, win games, win games. So, you know what I mean? At St. Mary's, like, it don't matter if you're first string, third string, last string, starter, superstar. Like, you're going to be held to the same accountability, academics, how you handle yourself, how you treat women. Like, they really try to build you up for the future and get you ready for the real world, right? So, like I said, every coach is going to hit you with that that same speech when recruiting, especially when you're, like, the top guys get the same speech. They all know it. Like, the recruits that are going to be watching this, that are getting recruited, they know the speech that I'm talking about. Uh, you're going to get your degree. You're going to go to the National Combine. You're going to play 10 years in the CFL and then have a great life after the 10 years because you got your degree and you're going to have the connects. Like, we get the same speech, but it's really about the coaches that really put that plan in motion for you. You know what I mean? And that's why, like, like 
everyone always asks me like, oh, you have the opportunity to play in the OUA, you can play in the Can West, you can play, you know, I could play anywhere I want in the country. Why you you go back to SMU? And it's just like SMU, like like Coach Colsey is like he's really one of the best coaches I've had in my life. Period. Like, you know what I mean? Like he holds he holds me accountable, but he also looks out for you like like if you're more than a player, like you know what I mean? Like like you're really like a student athlete at St. Mary, so that that's what I got for that question. Well, I first of all, I think it's great that you've had that experience uh, with a coach. I mean, not obviously there's tons of coaches out there that are great, but not every player has had that. Um, second, St. Mary's, you can contact us if you want to use this for paid promotion. It's going to cost you money to use this <laughs> podcast because you're not going to get a better promotion for your school than that. Um, but third, like you were saying that you've been in other programs and not to name names of programs or anything like that because you've had you know, a long football career at many different places. Uh, what do you think about the programs that do preach you know the family values we care about you you're more than just a football player but don't actually back that up because i mean i feel like there's programs where the coaches and the admin care and they actually care about you and it's really great and there's programs who are straightforward saying hey i don't give a crap i want you to win football games and you're a football player to me but then there's the programs which is the ones that i have the biggest issue with which preach the family values and which preach how much they care about you but then don't actually back that up what are your thoughts on the programs like that and how that can actually affect a 17, 18-year-old athlete go, coming out of high school? It, 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 it affects you big time. Like, it really does. Like, like, like recruiting, like, recruiting is like tr- trying to get the girl. You're going to tell her all the nice things and you're going to say what you can to get her on the date. And then what secures you the second, third date is your actions. Unfortunately for football players, there's no second or third date. That first date is everything. So it's like the culture will tell you what you want to hear to get you there. And then once you get there, it's not what it seems. And and then that does have a big impact on on a young guy. Like 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 especially a young guy like that 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 is like so big on just football. Like to hear what he wants to hear football, and to get there, and then then things don't work out. That's gonna affect his mental big time. Like it's gonna it's gonna hurt your head it's gonna have you mad at night like why 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 like and like i hate seeing like i i like i don't want to say i was one of those guys because like like my situation in manitoba is like you know like it was just a very unique situation but i know kids like you know like i I, now that i'm an older college guy like like a lot of and i'm well known a lot of kids hit me up for advice and whatnot and I, i hear what they go through and it's like it's crazy because like I get the whole college football that these coaches are getting paid. It's not high school no more. It's not over your fault. Like, like there's a paycheck on the line. But at the same time, you have to realize this ain't the pros. You know what I mean? These are kids, like, that really try to figure out their lives. Like, you know, I remember where I was 17, 18, 19. Like, like my head, like, I'm still, I don't know nothing. I don't, like, I'm looking towards these coaches. Like, they are my everything because I don't know nothing. And it's a... It's a new environment, it's a new whole landscape, it's a whole new football. So, like, I hate it when coaches tell somebody one thing and then they get there and it, it's a whole different thing because, like, we're having this talk about mental health and, like, now more than ever, mental health is, like, uh, recognizable and whatnot. Before, it was, like, a hidden factor, but, like, a lot of these kids are not realizing what's happening to them and it is affecting their mental and it's just, like, it could be prevented. Like, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, like change up how you're recruiting, but like, be honest, if a kid's, a t- if a kid's 
if a kid's uh, supposed to be like a program filler where he's just going to do what he has to do and make his little one-two plays in the four years, like tell him that, you know, tell him the expectations you guys have for him and make it, let it be his job to either meet him or excel him. But like, don't like lie to kids to get them to your program. Don't sell them a dream and then show them a nightmare. That's what I, that's what I always say. Don't sell a dream to show a nightmare because it's going to affect you four, five, six, seven years down the road. You know what I mean? Because it's a big decision and not everybody's going to be blessed like me to be able to leave a program and join another program and be able to still, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people don't know, like transfer is not easy, right? To transfer is not easy. So like sometimes when you make a decision, you feel like you're stuck there. And then when you feel like you're stuck there, like that's when all the problems really start to arise and come. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I can go on about <laughs> bad coaches and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you you made some great points there, and 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 just for our listeners, we're obviously the three of us. We're not making this podcast a trash on coaches, just but coaching is a big nah. aspect of it. You know, admin is a big aspect of it for people that listen to the entire series. I mean, every single one I talk about admins, and this one I'm talking about coaches. But then let's make it a little more positive. You were talking about how many kids reach out to you and and talk to you. Obviously, you know, I've, the the Brampton athletic community is is underappreciated but very, but very strong together but let's just talk about uh smu for a second do you do you have you know any youngins you're bringing under your wing you see them come in you see them kind of struggling and you're like let me let me talk oh about yeah my for story. sure for sure like <laughs> if you come to smoo you know who i am right away right <laughs> so like like a lot of my younger teammates will like try to make the make the effort to reach out and have a relationship with me and like like I said, I was a guy that, like, I've had some great mentors in my life, you know. Like, my uncle, Jerome Messam, CFO, All-Star. When I was at Manitoba, I got to live with David Onyemata, who's, like, you know, four years started with the Saints, you know. Uh, Nick Dembski took me under his wing. Like, a lot of a lot of good guys took me under their wing. So, I always feel like I got to repay the favor. So, I always try to be there for my younger than St. Mary's. And, you know, my rooks know who they are, you know. They know I got a lot of love for them. I'm always there for them. And conversations like this have came up with some of my youngins, you know, like, like try to transition, especially uh, this past, like, 2020, the year we had. Like, I wouldn't, I don't know how it is being a rookie, traveling across the country in a pandemic year where you don't know what's going to happen. So I really try to be there for my youngins this year just because, like, this is a whole new journey that no one really can help them with because no one's been to it so I try to really be there for my youngins as I say married but not even just say married like any younger that hits me up like like I said I'm well traveled so like you know along my stops like I meet kids and uh, kids like me I like kids and social media is a place where you can find anybody nowadays so like I got kids from a lot of places hit me up and I just try to be there for them the way that my OGs were there for me right so well, you know, I, I was going to ask this kind of when we got to the end, but since we're just talking about that, can you just give people listening or watching, like, where can they find you on socials? Like, what are the handles and everything <laughs> like that? It's Mamba 14 on the Instagram and then Mamba 14 on the Twitter. And that's the two big ones. It's Facebook. If anyone still uses Facebook, <laughs> it's my name, Brandon Hansa. But, yeah, you, you guys know me on Instagram once you search at the Mamba, you know. <laughs> Okay, perfect. I'm sure that'll help out a lot of people listening and watching this. You know, last thing I kind of want to talk about, and same way that Dakota kind of mentioned that, like, this isn't at 
any coach in particular. It's just kind of the nature of having these conversations. Because to state the obvious, we are all here right now because we love football. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible sport. But one of the things I've been curious in asking some of the people that have come on is, is there anything in the game itself or the way that we just we coach it or we play it in the, the culture of it that maybe lends itself to affecting uh, the, the mental health of young men? Or is it just more of a cultural thing in our society outside of the game and maybe they're linked in some other way? How do you sort of perceive that having been, having been in so many locker rooms in so many parts of the country? Honestly, uh, I feel like the big thing with the football is just you always got to be tough, tough, tough. And sometimes we tend to be too tough on certain people. Like not every athlete is the same. Not every athlete reacts to criticism the same, reacts to yelling the same, reacts to whatever the same. And I've been on both sides of the spectrum. Like I've been the athlete that's been so pissed off because the coach is in my face telling me I ain't this, I ain't that, I ain't this, I ain't that. But I'm from a place where you got to be tough, where like your friends are going to be on you, your brothers and sisters are going to be on you like that. So I handle it well. Now that I'm a leader and like, like it's like I'm taking over a team, there's been situations where I've been the guy that's too tough on the athlete where I'm telling him, you and then he's breaking down. And then I got guys telling me like, yo, you were too tough on him. Like, and I just feel like that's the biggest thing is just uh, communication within the football. Like, you know, some coaches are old school. Like they've been coaching since the 80s, 70s. They just used to the, and then some coaches are new school and they know like this new generation, I don't want to say new generation soft, but it's a different come up. You know what I mean? Like us 90 babies came up different than what the 2000 babies that are coming in. And, and one thing I like, even with the, the older teammates that we forget, like these are some kids, you know what I mean? Like, like the class that just came in is my little brother's age, you know what I mean? So I, I know how I came up. I know how my little brother came up. So it's like, Times are changing, you know what I mean? You can't talk to people the way that you used to talk to them, you know? Like, even when I first started playing football in 2010, like, the way I talked in the locker room then is way different than how I talk in the locker room now, you know what I mean? So I just feel like coaches and players got to adapt to the time we're in, you know what I mean? Like, right now, like, a lot of people are going through a lot of different, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of different things are going on in everybody's life. So it's just like, you got to watch how you talk to players. You got to adapt to, like, what's going on around players. And that just really goes, like, for the coaches, it just goes to, you got to know your players, you know what I mean? Like, you can't recruit a kid into the program and not talk to him for the five years he's there, you know what I mean? Like, always make an effort to check in on your your players. But you don't even know how that little text, like, you know, like, I know your head coaches, positional coaches and whatnot, coordinators have a lot of, a lot of ish they go through on a daily basis. But, when I was going through what I went through during the Christmas break, one thing that made me feel good and made me want to come back to my team was the support I got from my coaches. Like, you know, every single one of my coaches texted me to make sure I was good, called me to make sure I was good. And that's something I never really had in a lot of programs. It's just like once we're off the field, we're off the field. Like once the season's done, you don't really hear from your coaches. You know what I mean? But like my coaches at St. Mary's made sure like, like they texted me every day every coach texted me when I was going through what I went through. So it's like little stuff like that. Like uh, I really appreciate it, but like coaches got to learn to adapt. That's really what it is. The big thing out of my whole spiel, I just said is you got to adapt. It's a different time. Like, like if you're a coach that's used to being hard on players, super, super hard, like maybe you have to 
reevaluate re- 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 your approach, but like know who you're bringing in, like bringing players that fit that type of coaching style because not every player reacts to coaching the same, right? So, well, I think that you nailed it on the head. And while no doubt there is still a ways to go to get the sport and just the conversation around mental health in sports in general to the place that it, it needs to be. As you kind of mentioned, there has definitely been monumental steps just to get where we are now. So hopefully we're on the right path. Um, and it's also great to hear what you're saying about uh, St. Mary's because while this is an OUA specific podcast, we don't have our finger on the pulse as much about what's going on out East, but uh, definitely sounds like uh, you guys with the Huskies have, have a good thing going on outside of just the wins you put up every year. Um, so that's great to hear. Uh, Brandon, man, uh, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, once again, what are the handles? Where can people find you online? Uh, just can Mamba 14 on the Instagram, Happy Mamba 14 on the Twitter. That's really what I use. Love it, man. All right, Brad, thank you so much. Anytime you want to come on, talk anything, football, whatever, you give us a shout. We're always happy to have you on, okay? Thanks, thanks for having me, you guys. Thank you.